0: good morning. My name is Billy. I'm one of the pastor elders here at Reality Ventura. And yeah, (laughs) This morning we are wrapping up our summer series on the Holy Spirit. This is week 18 of our 15-week series. See what the Holy Spirit did there? Week 18 of a 15-week series. And uh, the title of today's sermon is Holy Spirit Commissioning. Holy Spirit commissioning. Let's read from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And I'm going to be reading in the New American Standard Bible and in the New Living Translation. So um, you you might want to just reference the screens for the the passages as we toggle between those two. Acts 1.8. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and in the ends of the earth. This is the Word of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. And God, we thank You for Your presence and Your love and Your power, God, which is not just available to us, but is in us and with us, God. We thank You, Lord, for Your presence. It says in the Psalms that when you went out before your people, when you marched through the desert, that the earth trembled. God, we pray for a display of your presence in our hearts, in our lives, in the church, and in the nations. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open our eyes and our hearts and make us willing to obey your word and your will. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we we started this whole Holy Spirit uh, series off examining God's loving plan to empower and indwell people. We saw at the very beginning the person of the Holy Spirit. We saw that He is God. He's not a, a what, He's a who. We saw that the role and the work of the Holy Spirit is a threefold role and work that He's all about Jesus, He's all about holiness, right, making us be more like Jesus, and He's all about mission, empowering us. To to go where Jesus is. The Holy Spirit always and only works to bring glory to Jesus, grow people in holiness, and lead us out on mission to glorify Jesus among people who do not yet know him. That's the proclaiming of the gospel to all the nations that it's referenced in Acts chapter 1. And we have just experienced a season as a church of learning about looking at. Desiring, pursuing, and experiencing the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And what, therefore, in light of this, what has been happening in your heart and in your life? Even if you've only been attending for a few weeks or a couple of months. Maybe you've been here for years. But we we have to ask, as we've been looking at the Holy Spirit, what's been going on in your life and in your heart? How is God leading you by His Spirit to do these things that the Holy Spirit does, to glorify and exalt Jesus, to lead us to be more holy, to move us out on mission in light of the Gospel. See, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the action of God. Empowering and moving and growing and sending. And so we have to ask, how's God changing and growing us? How might God be sending you out? And yes, we experience the presence of God. We experience the power of the Holy Spirit in this room. That's been something that we've been enjoying and even being set in awe of all summer long. It's been incredible as we've been studying and really giving ourselves to pursuing the things of God and the person of God, how God has been faithful to be here and be here in obvious ways. But God's presence in this place and God's presence in our life is only and always for the purpose of bringing glory to Jesus. Bringing glory to Jesus in our life, bringing glory to Jesus by causing us to be more holy and grow in the image of Christ, and to bring glory to Jesus by leading us out of this building to talk about Jesus and to be the light of Jesus. So here's the question for us to consider today. How is the Holy Spirit working in you to exalt Christ, grow you in holiness, and pursue mission? Because we're a people who gather and scatter. Gather in this place and scatter out into the world. So we know and we've seen the Spirit exalting Jesus in this place as He's been working us and and working in us and producing in many of us holiness. We've seen and experienced that this summer. The presence of God as we worship and as we declare truth and as we're able to respond by the grace of God and the power of the Spirit, responding to that truth. We heard testimonies just a couple of weeks ago of that work, of God, how He's been moving and is moving. We've seen and heard about the Lord tearing down walls, uh, breaking chains of fear and anxiety. We witnessed 40 people come to Christ and get baptized just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, praise God. This summer, we had the opportunity to connect with people who live life overseas but are from Ventura. And they just happened to come back all this summer. And some, you know, the Yates to have a baby and Ron to kind of connect with the churches and others We've gotten to experience that and and get to know them, and now we've just sent them all back out. I just drove the Yates to the airport, and we're getting to see the Holy Spirit move in the life of the church. The Spirit is moving. This is evidence of the Spirit moving to exalt Christ and, and bring about holiness in us as a people. And so listen, we must expect Him to move in this third area to send us out on mission. Think of it this way. If the Holy Spirit is truly working to exalt Christ in your heart, it will be hard for you to not be all about Jesus. Simply put, And if He's truly working holiness out in us, as He does, it's what the Holy Spirit does, meaning He's setting us apart for God by dealing with the thoughts and the behaviors that draw us away from God. If that's happening in us and we're changing in those places that we've never been able to change before and we're maturing, the Holy Spirit is maturing in us the nature and the essence of God. We're starting to see the image of God becoming resurrected and sort of redeemed in us then man, we become people who gladly count the cost of sharing this good news, of sharing the hope and the power in the new life we have in Jesus Christ with those who don't yet know God. And the order of things is not accidental. We see that pattern throughout the New Testament. The Spirit convicts us and convinces us of Christ's righteousness and convincing us of our rebellion against God. And then He works to grow us as people of God, maturing us, in the nature and in the essence of God. And then the next thing He does is He sends us out to work with Him as He works to convince others of the righteousness of Christ. That's how God works. We see the same pattern throughout the book of Acts. And so if we're experiencing the Holy Spirit working in us in the first two ways, but we don't feel the call to follow Him out and allow Him to work in that third way, we have to stop and ask why. Why is that? Because as we grow in intimacy with God, as we grow in worship of God, as we spiritually uh, start walking in in more fruitfulness in our life, we should expect God to grow us in mission and engage us in His mission. Because God calls us to Himself first and foremost, right? God calls us to Himself. He calls us to know Him, to be with Him, and to join Him in His activities. And listen, God is always on mission. God is always on mission. God is always reaching out in love. Always extending His missionary love and His desire for people to know Him. He's always inviting men and women and children into His presence. Connecting people to Himself. Restoring and redeeming His image in His creation. God is always reaching out And the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that we've been talking about and learning about and enjoying and asking for, the Holy Spirit is the agent of God's reach as He's reaching out in love. And so when the Holy Spirit enters and fills our lives, we are filled with the missional Spirit of God. Christian, that is the Spirit that is in you. That is the Spirit of God that is in you. And so I'm going to pause for just a second. Because I want to define the word mission. I've used it a couple of different ways. I don't want to be that weird guy at church that uses spiritual terms that he doesn't define. Okay, what do we mean when we say God is on mission, right? What is the missional spirit of God? So simply put, mission is God's desire and action to reach and love and save every person in every corner of the earth. Mission, as we're using it today, as we see in the New Testament, is God's desire and action to reach in love and save every person in every corner of the earth. Okay, Because God is love. And His desire is to bring His love to all people. And God's purpose in the world is to make Jesus Christ known to every person. That's, that's the fullest demonstration of His love for us. God is doing this here in the coastlands. He's doing this here in Ventura, Ventura County. And He's doing it there, in the farthest reaches, the far corners of the earth, in all of the nations. And so our call to mission, listen, this is important, don't miss this, our call to mission is an invitation to join God in His work of sharing His love with all people by making Jesus Christ known to every person on earth. We get invited into that. The Bible is clear That God desires to reveal himself to people. Why? Because God is love. And he desires to bring his love to all people. And so God is passionate and driven in his pursuit of relationship with men, with women, and with children. God desires to reveal himself to humanity so that we might be saved. And so why is God so passionate about this? Right? You might think, like, gosh, this has got to be pretty complicated. Uh, What motivates him? to to such a powerful, persistent, and consistent activity. Well, the Bible simply says one word about that, and that is love. Love is what motivates. Love is what empowers. Love is the motivation. The Apostle John puts it this way. It's a very familiar passage in John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, God loved the world so much that He gave, and He didn't just give something good. He gave His best. He gave His all. He didn't withhold. He he loved the world so much, He gave His own Son. Why? So that whoever believes in Him won't perish, but have eternal life. For God didn't send His Son into the world to judge the world. Judgment wasn't the reason that Jesus was sent. It, It wasn't to correct people's behavior. Why was He sent? It says, but that the world might be saved through Him. Right? God didn't send Jesus to the earth to to improve your performance, to make you a better performing person, right? You've been performing badly, and so I'm going to judge you as having been performed wrong, and so I'm going to send Jesus down to make sure you know you're performing bad so that you can try harder to perform well. Listen, that is not the gospel. He says he sent his son Jesus to save us, to save us. God is a missionary God because his love is an always and forever always and forever. While you're sleeping, He's always and forever loving. He's always and forever love. His love is always on. His love is always seeking to save and to heal and to fill. God's motivation is love. He's not stingy with His love. He's not a reluctant Savior. You don't need to beg Him to save you you don't have to prove your worth or your value you don't have to prove your faithfulness to god god saves us because god is love and god loves to save people the apostle paul talks about uh, god's love this way it's just incredible romans chapter 5 starting in verse 6 he says when we were utterly helpless just sit there for a second This is when the action happened. When we were utterly helpless. It says Christ came at just the right time and He died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, although some might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. But God showed His great love for us by sending Jesus Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. See, God is love. God is on mission, sending His only Son to die while we are in absolute, bold-faced rebellion to Him. He's always reaching out to broken people, always reaching out to rebellious people, always at work among the lost and the lonely and the miserable. God is always seeking to convince lost people of His love by leading them to Jesus. This is who God is, And this is what God does. And so, what is the goal of God's missional activity? Like, what's the end game here? Like, what does this look like? Uh, The Apostle John uh, gives us a glimpse of that in the book of Revelation. John was actually given access into the throne room of God where he was able to see the whole purpose, the whole point of God's missional activity. See that in Revelation chapter 7. Here's what he saw. He says, I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count. It's like millions and millions of people, just a vast multitude which no one could count from every nation, all tribes, all peoples, and all tongues. Okay, so the languages that haven't been interpreted yet, they were represented. The, The people that live on the island that no one's been to yet, they're represented. They're representatives of everywhere. Everyone standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they're clothed in white robes. Palm branches are in their hand. And they cry out with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne. And to the Lamb. They're worshiping Jesus here. And all the angels are standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fall on their faces before the throne and they worship God together. And here's what they say. They say, Amen. They're they're like in unity. There's no disunity in this church scene we see here. They're like, Amen. There's one thing that we worship. We're not divided. It's all about Jesus. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. See, the end of God's missional endeavor is the exaltation and enjoyment of Jesus by every tongue and tribe on earth. The end game is that we would know Jesus and enjoy him. Philippians chapter 2. Speaking of Jesus, Paul says, being found in appearance as a man, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Okay, that's God's missional activity, sending his son down to earth. Why did he do that? It says, for this reason. Also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The goal of God's mission is the eternal exaltation and enjoyment of Jesus. God wants to bring rebels and sinners. He wants to bring undeserving people. God wants to bring the lonely and the broken. God is after the sick the sick and the weak, the poor in spirit. God wants the miserably prideful jerks like me. He's after us. God wants to bring all peoples into his presence and overwhelm us with joy in the presence of Jesus. And we're brought near to experience and celebrate the love of God. We celebrate freedom from fear, freedom from slavery, freedom from brokenness. Now, it's hard for us uh, to imagine this moment, this perfect experience of joy and, um, and freedom before God. But this day is coming. This is a real day that everybody will experience. Everyone will see anyway. Every tribe, tongue, and nation worshiping before the throne of God. Every knee bowing, every tongue confessing Jesus is Lord. See, this scene is the burning passion of God. That scene, that heavenly scene, all people groups, all colors of skin. All cultures. All races. Everybody in all the weird conditions we find ourselves. God's like, no, I want to save everybody. I want to save every There's no limit to my love. There's no bounds on that love. That is God's burning mission. And guys, listen, this should be our burning passion. We need to ask God, God, show me this. Help this be my burning passion. Church, listen, God has invited you into His burning passion. God has called you. He's called each one of us to engage in the passion of His heart. He's commissioned us. God has commissioned us in that work, actually. We have been been commissioned. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28, He says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He says, Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, And here's the awesome promise. He's not just like, go and work for me, go get stuff done for me. That's not what he's saying. He's like, look, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Why do we engage in mission? We've been commissioned to be with God. That's where Jesus is. He's out on mission. The Spirit of God is leading us out in the love of God to demonstrate and enjoy and explore and celebrate the love of God as we share the love of God. We have been commissioned into the work of God. Jesus said all authority had been given to Him. Right? He's like, I'm the King of kings. I'm the Lord of lords. That's like His nice biblical way of saying, hey, I'm the boss, okay? I'm in charge. There's no one threatening my power. There's no authority that can even come close to that. That authority has commissioned us to a work. He saved us. And with that salvation comes a new life. It's not just a task. It's not a J-O-B job. It's an L-I-F-E. Right? You understand the difference? Jobs kind of suck. Our new life in Christ is awesome. Our new life in Christ is something eternal that never grows old. Our new lives are hidden in Christ. They're empowered by the Spirit of God. Our new lives are all about the work of God's kingdom here on earth. We're not not called into some J-O-B. We're called into a new life in Christ, with God, empowered by God, outreaching with God in His love those who do not yet know God. Guys, we have been commissioned into that. And to go into the world, commissioned by Jesus, to bring people to Jesus. The Apostle Paul would refer to that activity, that missional activity, as the ministry of reconciliation, right? Reconciling the lost to their Savior, reconciling those who are far from God to a good and perfect and holy God. And, and what, what's the basis of that is Jesus Christ, right? 2 Corinthians 5, Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Praise God. We're ambassadors for Christ. He says all, as though God are, was making an appeal through us. And here's the vocabulary of the Christian. Here's the vocabulary of the ambassador of Christ. He goes, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Christian, let that vocabulary sink into your heart. That, that's what should be dripping with every statement and question and every interaction we have with the non-believers in the world around us, that we would be constantly asking the Holy Spirit to lead us. God, how can I beg this person? How can I appeal to this person? How can I be your ambassador that they be reconciled to God? See, God chooses to work through people. He can do whatever He wants. He can work independently of us. In my case, God would probably be way better off not having to deal with the drama of me and everything that I am. But God chooses to work through us and with us. And so we're ambassadors of God. And and listen, all of us are ambassadors of God. Every one of you, if you're a Christian, you're an ambassador of God. You didn't have to sign up for it. It's not like the sign-up sheet got passed through church the Sunday you weren't there and you're like, dang it, I didn't get to sign up for that. No, you don't don't sign up for that. You, You didn't get assigned this. It's not like, well, some people get assigned this and other people get assigned to be ambassadors. No, this isn't one of the many things that God might have you do. It's not like a spiritual gift that you may or may not have. This is true of everyone who's been saved by God. We are ambassadors of Christ everybody's an ambassador of christ everybody is commissioned by jesus everybody is entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation why because god our father has invited us into his passions god loves you and so he's invited you into the things that he's passionate about isn't that what we do as dads right As a father, I couldn't, when we found out we were having a son, I couldn't wait, even before he was born, I couldn't wait to bring my son into my passions, right? My wife made me wait until he was five before I took him backpacking for the first time. And I had to carry every ounce of gear, right, because he's only five. But it was hard for me to wait until he was five to take him backpacking because I wanted to watch him discover the glory of God. Under 10 million stars that also plainly and obviously declare to any idiot that God is sovereign and God is love. And I just lay in there and I'm like looking at the stars and looking at Will, you know, just just like I couldn't wait to bring him into that. I, I can't wait in, until I take him dirt bike riding, or we go out in my Jeep, and he's just this little guy, and it's not illegal. We do it in a good place, and he, just to hear him my little old Jeep with that big V8 in it just revving and going down where we probably shouldn't go, and then coming out, and I'm just watching his face light up, it's, it's something I'm passionate about. As a little guy, putting him on a board, he's too, too small to even paddle, you know, so I'm like pushing him into waves, you know. Now he's riding that same board and he's like snaking guys on waves and I'm just like, yes! <laughs> it's my little man. See, that's what we do as dads, isn't it? I enjoy sharing my passions with my kids, each, each in their own way. I get that from God. We get that from God, that love of bringing our kids into our passions with us. That passion is a passion that God has given me. And listen, it's awesome. It's awesome. That's what a father does. He includes his kids in the passions of his heart. See, we are called as Christians to be with God, and God is on mission. God's called us, saved us, commissioned us, and sent us And He's given us a ministry. He's actually given us a responsibility. But it's not a job. He's given us something to do that He's already doing. To join Him in what He's doing. God is including us in the passions of His heart. See, our Father is on mission. God the Father sent His Son Jesus from heaven and invited His Son into His mission. He's like, go. And Jesus went. And Jesus said, I only do what the Father wants me to do. Why? Because He's enjoying the passionate withness. He's enjoying being with his Father and doing what his Father does. He's enjoying being passionate about the things his Father's passionate about. And so as Jesus is doing only what the Father has told him to do, he invites these 12 men, and these 12 men follow him, and they're all about this passionate mission of God. And then these 12 men are given the Holy Spirit, and they're empowered to follow Jesus and walk in his mission to save people. And then we see the story of the book of Acts. The story of the early church. Men and women full of the Holy Spirit obeying Jesus. And they start to fulfill the Great Commission. Called out into the world. Reality Ventura, what will our story be? What will our story be? What will the story of your life be? We have the same Holy Spirit in us. The same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead and the same Spirit that empowered the early church. God hasn't given us some, some weird watered-down Californian version of His Holy Spirit. It's the same Spirit. It's the same commission. We have the same ministry and the same power. And mission, we have to understand mission. Mission is God calling us to be with Him. Inviting us into His passions through the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Because God is love. He's always reaching out, extending and seeking to be with and to be with. And He says, come, once you're with, He's like, come on, stay with me. Be with me. He's inviting us to be with Him. And church, we know we have the Holy Spirit, Right? If you're you're a Christian, I hope that's become more obvious to you. It's been pretty obvious here. We've been overwhelmed by the presence of the Spirit this summer. The people that have been set free, the testimonies we heard, the baptisms I mentioned before. This summer, worship and prayer and fellowship has been anointed. I've spoke with so many people, I can't even remember every story of the people who have been healed physically, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. Right now, fear and brokenness and shame and insecurity, those things are all under attack by the Holy Spirit as He's moving in people. People are standing up and they're saying, wait a minute, God has called me to be His son or His daughter. That means this. That means that all this stuff is a lie that I've been believing. Satan is being called out right now. That is a move of God's Spirit. And prayer and community and holiness seem to be growing among us. There's real unity growing here. Guys, it's starting to feel like God's family, isn't it? See, God has given us His Spirit. The Spirit convicts the world, empowers the Christian, and leads God's people. Where? On mission. He leads us to be where God is. And we've been commissioned and sent by God to live life on mission. God has also given us the power to walk In this commission, he's given us. He's called us and empowered us to live our lives as a sent people. Because God always empowers us for that to which he calls us. He'll he'll always empower you to that which he calls you to. And so, since mission is birthed in the heart of the Father, this mission is demonstrated perfectly in, in Jesus and his obedience. And the Holy Spirit calls and commissions and empowers and sends men and women into the same ministry of reconciliation to bring other men and women into the love of God. And listen, right now, we're experiencing a move of the Spirit as a church. People's lives are changing as these walls fall down. The Spirit is empowering new lifestyles, giving spiritual gifts. And so here's how we make this transition out of the Holy Spirit series and into our next series. Here's how we do that. We continue in the same Holy Spirit withness and power as we're led out on mission with God. We stay in the same place of relying on and dependency upon the Spirit. Walking by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. Eagerly following the Spirit into the passions of our Heavenly Father. God is on mission. But listen, here's the deal. If he's falling asleep, nudge him right now. This is the good part. God is on mission right now. And he's on mission in your world. God is on mission right now. Listen, God is on mission in your people. You know what I mean by that? Your people, your world, your, your kids. You know, if you've got kids like I do, God's on mission in their hearts and in their lives. We should be praying, how do I engage in them? If, if, you're, if your kids are out of the house, you know, and some might be walking with God, some might, listen, God is at work. God is at work in them. Thank God, right? And so we should be praying, how can I engage and involve and move that? God is at work in your neighbors. All of them. The guy with the dog that barks, but he still complains about your deep, deep, you know, that. God's at work in that house. God's at work in the people next door. God is at work in your world, your coworkers. God's at work in your community group, the people that you pray with, and they're like, man, she just always prays too long. Like, listen, just... God's at work there. God is at work. Who is going to tell your friends? Who's going to tell your neighbors? Who's going to tell your family? Who's going to stand up at a family reunion and declare truth and love people with the love of God and point them to real truth? Who's going to be a blessing, an eternal blessing in your workplace by sharing the love of God with your coworkers? The Apostle Paul says in Romans 10 that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Praise God. Praise God. God is a missionary God. He wants to save everybody. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on Him to save unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the Scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Church, what a privilege it is for us to be invited by God, to join God in His passion to reach lost people. Who's telling your people about Jesus? Who's telling the people in the far corners of the earth about Jesus? Listen, God has sent you. God has sent us. Remember, you were created in the image of God. And because God loves you, you have been brought near to God. And God wants to bring us near. He wants to bring broken, lost and rebellious people to Himself, and He wants to restore His image in us. Isn't that a beautiful work that He does? God is the restorer of the image of God. Why? Because of love. God is love. He loves us. God's love has brought you near. You're not brought near based on your ability to clean yourself up. You're not a better candidate for God's family because you've like suddenly somehow got your act together. You can't improve your worth or value to God by trying to perform better. Remember, God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, right? God is after the foolish, not the fixed. God can't work with with the smart. He needs the submitted. You know what I mean by that? Don't act dumb. Just get over yourself. That's cool that you're smart. God's looking for a willing spirit, a submitted spirit. God's not waiting for you to become a better Christian before He invites you into His passions. It's not just like the super good Christians get to go out, be out, on, out on mission with God. Listen, God loves you perfectly and fully and completely right now. God is with you right now. Growing you and changing you right now. Empowering you and commissioning you right now. God is sending you, you right now. You've been saved by grace, and we are sent by grace. This grace is God's love and action. You might need to hear that again. You've been saved by grace, but you're also sent by grace. You're not sent into the world because God's just like, I like the cut of his jib. He's really smart. No, you're sent into the world because you have been given the love of God through faith in Christ. You're saved and sent by grace, it's a work of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is God's love in action. It is a work of God's grace to invite us into God's passionate missional activity. Again, God's mission is simply God's love in action. It's a work of His Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is at work in you, and the Holy Spirit is at work around you, in your world, with your people, and in the nations that God is giving you a vision for. In the nations, perhaps, and I'm believing by faith that some of you are like feeling that stir and you're like, no, God, and God's like, oh yeah, There's people. There's people that that, that God is like, I love them. Who's going to go? He's at work. And He's at work in us, exalting Christ in us by setting us free. By setting us free from stuckness. Right? Christians that have known God for a long time. But we've been stuck. We've been stuck. And God, it's like He's got this big crowbar and He's dislodging Christians that are, you know, whatever. For whatever, it's not comfortable. or I I don't know any other way. And God's like, propping us up out of the mud, and we're like, whoa, yes, thank you, God. That's happening in us right now. And he's growing us in our identity as a child of God. But God's also at work around us, exalting Jesus by loving every tongue, tribe, and nation, and neighbor, and coworker. Our Father is motivated by his great love, and people are the object of his love, Jesus is the demonstration of His love, and the Holy Spirit is the agent of God's love. And you, Christian, are called to mission because you are loved by God, and you've been invited by God into the presence and passions and the pursuits of God. Because God loves you. He's invited you in. He hasn't withheld anything. He's given you the full measure of His love, and He has invited you in not just to experience that love, but to walk in that love and to join Him as He loves others. God invites you to be involved in His mission because God loves you, not because you bring a lot to the table that's super useful. That's not why I invite my five-year-old son to go backpacking with me, right? Not like, oh yeah, I'll just, while we're backpacking, I'll be able to bag a couple of those 14,000 foot peaks while we're there. No, that's not the kind of trip that's going to be, right? With a five year old. It, it's, it's not like, like bringing my five year old is going to make me a more capable person. See, God invites us in because He loves us. God invites us in because He's already at, at work, He's already on mission. He doesn't, he doesn't need you, He wants you, He loves you. We must be careful not to reject God's loving invitation to mission. We have to be careful of that. Why? Because avoiding mission mission is avoiding intimacy with our loving Father. Avoiding mission is rejecting our invitation to be with our Father, doing what He's doing. See, avoiding mission is denying the power and presence and work of the Holy Spirit in us. It's like, uh, you know, he's doing these these things that help me feel safe, but this other thing, I don't know. See, avoiding mission is missing the whole point of God's power at work in us and in the world. Because knowing and enjoying and walking with God is knowing and engaging and walking in his mission with him. Church, God has poured out his spirit on us. God is filling and healing and growing and baptizing and empowering and leading us by His Holy Spirit, isn't He? Whatever good work God is doing in you, listen, whatever good work God is doing in you, He wants to continue that work through you. God is calling all of us. Each one of us. And today you need to hear this commission, this call and this commission. Busy moms, God is calling you. Busy dads, God is calling you. Grandparents, students, business owners, employees, salesmen, contractors, lawyers, military personnel, retired people, 20-somethings. God is calling all of you today, commissioning all of us today. We're called, commissioned, empowered, and sent by God to join God on mission. And here's the question. Here's our response. How do I respond to all this? The question is simply, will you go? Christian, do you hear the call on your life? Will you go? May God give us the grace to respond. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You, God, for this truth about who we are in Christ. That we are in Christ, we're beloved sons and daughters, that we are, in Christ, empowered children of God, loved by God, and called in to be with God. And so today, I pray, God, that we as a people, as Christians, would rise up, would stand up in our commissioning and in our calling as children of God and as ambassadors of God. So right now, church, if you're a Christian, God has commissioned you. I ask you to stand right now. Let's stand as a commissioned person in Christ. As commissioned people, we don't go on our own strength, and we don't go on our own intuition. We don't go because we're bright and we're good planners because we're organized. We go because we're submitted by God and we're led by the Holy Spirit. And so, as a church, as as the children of God, let's raise our hands, point our palms to heaven, however you do that, empty-handed. Let's ask God for what we need for this commissioning. And first of all, we ask you, God, for the grace that each one of us, God, we would have the grace to offer a surrendered and available spirit that Christian before God today God will give you the grace to say, here I am, Lord, send me. Second thing, God, we ask for joy and intimacy with Jesus as we step into our commissioning that our ministry, any good thing that would happen or flow through us would flow from intimacy with you, God. Lord, also we pray for the gift of evangelism. Holy Spirit, that you would, you would anoint men and women with the gift of evangelism. For God to gift and send those who are called to preach and preach to crowds that many might be saved and hear truth and that the Holy Spirit would use that to unlock their heart and their lives to receive and know truth. And along with that, God, we ask for a willingness to, to share the Gospel regardless of whether we have received the gift of evangelism or not. I pray that we would be willing. I pray for courage for power and confidence. And we pray for a readiness to share the gospel, God. We would rehearse and recite and walk in the truth of who we are in Christ. God, we thank you for loving us. We receive your commissioning as children of God, as ambassadors of God, for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen.